but God clearly showed me that I did not need to depend solely on the church to take care of my life. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 26th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Certainly want to invite you to join the conversation online with us at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Instagram and at Black Brand Biz on Facebook and Instagram. We share relevant and insightful information via social media and we welcome your commentary as well. We have had a power-packed march thus far. I'm celebrating the month of my birth and today's show is certainly no exception. I'm so excited to interview two of the greatest minds in theology for a conversation on the business of the black church. I've said before and will continue to say that there are always solutions. Uh, So this show is fundamentally solutions oriented. Our local black chamber, black brand is definitely solutions oriented. Want to engage with your cause and feedback as well. I want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today. First, Dr. James Jones. He is the founding and senior pastor of Greater Grace Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Submitting his life to God as a young man, Dr. Jones has built an extensive resume of ecclesial leadership. His educational history and experience is the foundation of his unique approach to ministry and has resulted in the transformation of many lives. Dr. Jones is dedicated to reaching the unchurched and has made a commitment to lead change through his practical teaching of God's word. Dr. Jones is also a published author of two dynamic books and has been blessed with the opportunity to preach and teach in some of the most recognized pulpits in our nation. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Dr. Jones is also an adjunct professor of theology here at Hampton. Hampton University as well. Awesome, awesome. Welcome, welcome. And our second guest is none other than Pastor Siobhan Sellers. She is a business visionary, author, psalmist, and entrepreneurial trailblazer. She is the founder of Siobhan Sellers Ministries with the mission to ignite a renewed passion for God in the hearts of men and women everywhere. Her commitment to helping others is evident through her lifestyle of service. Among her community building and humanitarian efforts, Pastor Sellers is the founder of the Prize Foundation, an organization supporting communities in different areas, such as the Restoration Initiative, which focuses on human trafficking, Little Princess, which focuses on developing girls, and Empowering Moments, which focuses on developing the total woman. Her desire is to teach life skills, job readiness, and ultimately spiritual awareness and to assist in the holistic recovery of those who've been hurt and abused. Mm. Oh my goodness. So excited. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Thank you both for being here. Again, our phone lines are open. I think we might actually have our first caller. Uh, We're open for your questions at 757-727-5711. Again, it's 757-727-5711. Let's cut right to the chase. Okay. I have to ask you all, what, what are your theological understandings of justice as it pertains to our community? Well, I think for me, it's um, justice has been the foundation of what our theology was built and based on. Uh, Liberation theology emerged uh, from us being 
oppressed and us being mistreated as a people. And as a result of that, uh, we found the need uh, to draw closer to God and not only draw closer to God, but make an impact into the community. Hmm. Well said. What about you, Siobhan? Hmm. I don't know so much from a theological background, but from a personal um, standpoint, sure. um, just following the heart of Jesus Christ mm. and how he was fair. He mm. um, treated everyone equal. He did not um, yeah. discriminate. He did not, um, you know, have one group where he chose over another. And I just That's believe right. that same model is the model that we're supposed to follow, that we're supposed to walk in, that we're supposed to demonstrate. And um, I believe if we, as men and women of God, if we begin to demonstrate that model, we will see things change in our communities for the better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amen. For sure. When I think about just the sheer volume of churches, you can just look right here at Hampton Roads, um, the number of incredible minds, you know, the leadership and theology. And then I look at our community. I'm saddened. And I don't know if that's, if that's fair, um, but I feel like there's more the church as the center of our community can and maybe should be doing. Is that fair? I agree. What's yeah. your feeling? I totally agree. Yeah, I believe um, it's, it's definitely a fair statement. Uh, I believe all of us are challenged to do more daily. Mm -hmm. um, the struggle that I've had, uh, not just now, but over the lifespan of my 25 years in ministry, has wow. been that the church oftentimes does incredible work inside the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But yet we struggle reaching the masses outside of the structure. And that was one of the reasons um, why I felt such a burden to uh, give birth to what I believe God called me to do, which was found my own work, mm -hmm. which was more centered around uh, reaching those who were not inside the four walls. Totally agree. Same burden. Mm. Um, I feel like we've gotten so far away from the mission mm. of Jesus Christ. The mission in Luke 4 was to set at liberty those who were bruised, uh, preach the acceptable year of the Lord, open up blinded eyes. That is, that is the mission then, and that still is the mission now. And if the church can get back to the mission of transforming lives, as Bishop said, not in the church, mm -hmm. we come to the church to be reminded of our responsibility outside. Mm -hmm. We come inside the church mm -hmm. to be reminded that the game is not inside these four walls. That's it. The game is on the street corner. That's it, it is, wow. you know, where the drug houses are. It is where the prostitutes are. It yeah. is where mm -hmm. the broken are. Mm -hmm. That is where we're assigned to. Mm -hmm. So we cannot get stuck inside of the church. That's when we are walking in discrimination because mm. we just want to be amongst those that look like us, mm. that talk like mm. us, that dress like us, when we are assigned to those who don't look like us. I could pick y'all's minds forever on that wise. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't it. be selfish. If you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today, uh, having a conversation about the business of the black church. We're talking with uh, Bishop James Jones and Pastor Siobhan Sellers. We've got a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? 
Yes, I am. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. I know this voice. What's your question? Uh, the question is more of a statement. I would have to say that I applaud uh, what you're saying and what has been said. One of the things that the black church owes the community is the truth. Mm. And when it comes to owing them the truth, they have to understand that in a black, poor, uneducated, most incarcerated neighborhood, the church is right next door. So the church is actually in the neighborhood as well. Sure. When something is going on in your neighborhood, you're supposed to be able to address it by seeing what's going on. It is very difficult to address something when you are closed in stained glass windows. You know, I, I appreciate that commentary. It, it echoes what we were just speaking about, the fact that the church um, needs to engage outside the four walls even the Absolutely. more. Is there a question before we disengage? Well, the question remains, when will the black church go beyond the Western concept of understanding spirituality. Okay. We'll address that question. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome. Okay. For the benefit of those tuning in online, the question was, when will the black church go beyond the Western concept of spirituality? In other words, perhaps when will we go back to our our roots? Does that resonate? What does that look like for you all? Well, I, I believe that um, we have done that historically mm -hmm. um, because the black church has been the epicenter, uh, if you will, of the black community. Um, much of what we've evolved to become has been a direct result of the foundation in which the black church was. Mm -hmm. I think the challenge has been as culturally we've evolved. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that the church has done holistically all we could to evolve with the changes of the time. Um, because now uh, with the benefit of technology and social media, uh, now we're faced with actually reaching a generation of people who are developing the mindset, I don't have to go into the building mm -hmm. in order to worship. Yeah. You know, I can watch my favorite pastor on online. online. All of them, all at once. And, <laughs> right. And and for, for us, we believe that coming to worship is where you get the instruction. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if we're on a team and the building becomes where we huddle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We That's get good. the play that we're we going to place. call. Mm -hmm. And then after the play is called, we'll play the game. then we go play the game. That's right. But it's hard for us as coaches to actually have everybody on the same page. And the brother was kind of talking about when will we go beyond the westernization. 
of what spirituality is. Mm -hmm. I believe this is the season to do that. It is. We're pregnant mm -hmm. with opportunities mm -hmm. to do it. I totally agree. But many of us are chasing other platforms. Ooh, say that. That's good. Totally agree. You want to pick up there? Oh, yeah. We've got the right two. <laughs> um, Talk it's, to it's us. I didn't even tell y'all either. No, no, you didn't. It is, it is prime time for the church. And if there, if there was ever a time for the church to be the church, mm -hmm. for us to really show our relevance of why we are really needed, mm -hmm. is now. Why do you say that? Look at what's going on in the world. That's it. Look at what's happening in politics. Look at what's going on in the educational system. Look That's at what's it. going on in the areas of entertainment. Look at what's going on. We're in what the Bible says, perilous times. Yeah. And so the church is the answer. And you can't find the answers unless you go to the place where God has promised to meet us. Um, For those that are comfortable with, I'm just going to get it at home. No, you got to come to the place where he is to get the instruction, to be in the atmosphere amongst other believers so that when yeah. you're weak, you gain strength from your other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, forsake not the assembly. Strength comes from unity, from us being on one accord. Mm. But the church now, this is our this is our hour. This is our finest hour Absolutely. for us to rise up and be who we've been called to be from the beginning. And that is to be the changers, the, the ones that turn the world right side up for the glory of God. The world is upside down. It's, it's messed up. So we're called to turn it right side up for his glory. Without question. So, and we got to be relevant, yeah. which goes to us being so stuck in the past. We can't be antiquated and, and make a difference now. So you have to be privy to what's going on right now. That's it. Yeah. The word doesn't change, no. That's it. But our methods have to. I'm curious about that. What What is that going to look like? What is? What is that? What is that shift going to look like? I mean, I've seen everything from, um, you know, pastors that have gotten rid of the traditional stage model. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now everyone sits on the floor, you know, just yeah. smaller changes mm -hmm. to make things, Yeah. you know, to kind of push that evolution. I'm feeling like there's a call for even more though. I think that is more change as far as structure and how it looks. Look there up. needs to be a change in the burden for God. You know, we're doing all the, what is it? The, the, the outside yeah. things. We're yeah. changing how the church looks. We got the lights. Yeah. We have the stage. We yeah. have the social media. We have all of that. So we're keeping up with the times as far as technology and, and what looks appealing to the eye. But what's appealing to the heart? Mm. We're, 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 we're attacking the minds, you know. But what about what's getting the to the heart of man? Mm -hmm. We got to get back to that. So the shift now is God raising up men and women of God that reach the heart of man That's where it. results take place. That is what's happening. That's Lives are being changed for real. Yeah. We're not talking about just the uh, change that comes from, you know, yard work and paint and changing chairs and no, 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 not structural change. Mm -hmm. We're talking about when people change from the inside, building people. Oh no, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, so. I'm just thinking about what does it look like to reach this generation? Who you got to reach them here. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, they, they've seen everything. They're impressed. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, they're not impressed with 
what the church is doing because the world is already doing it. Absolutely. You know, so we're not impressed with the lights and the camera now and, you know, y'all changing your music to be more. That's nice. Yeah. But we're looking for authentic authenticity. The realness. We want the true power of God to be seen. That's it. That's rich. Yeah. We want to piggyback. I think we've well, got about four minutes till we get to our break. Three minutes till we get to our break. Three. Um, well, I'll just kind of say this. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Pastor uh, H. Patrick Kaysen, said something a few weeks ago when he was with us that he's tired of feeling like the drug pusher mm. where people show up to the worship place and get their high. Right. You get your high on Sunday and then you go right back mm-hmm. on Monday to living the way you were living. And so we've actually become spiritual pushers Mm -hmm. that people come to get that fix and then they're not looking to be transformed. And so I believe as um, Pastor Sellers was just sharing that we've got to get back to the mission. And the mission is not really exciting. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's work. It's work. Not exciting. It ain't glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's glamorous. Church is glamorous now. Yeah. It's not Facebook Live. Yeah, it's not. Oh, don't don't even. We, you you say we go on the break. Don't even bring that. We're, we're so <laughs> caught up we now. Want platforms. We want the platforms. Platforms and going live. I wonder now, so many people are going live as to whether or not they're actually hearing. Right. Right. Because we're so busy holding phones. Oh, to make nice. sure that the folk who are not there get right. Are we getting it? Are we even getting it? Are we getting it? Mm. Yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. That was good. Yeah. No, really. Yeah. Wow. So just say a minute about your ministries before we go to break. So what we're going to do, we're going to come back with our add this to the list and then we'll have more with uh, Bishop Jones and Pastor Siobhan. But really quickly, if folks are looking to connect with your ministries, how can they do that? Absolutely. 3697 Pepperwood Court, Portsmouth, Virginia, 23703. We're there 8 o'clock Sunday morning and 1030 every Sunday morning and every Tuesday. Portsmouth, Virginia, would love to see you. To all my greater grace folk, love y'all. Glad y'all tuning in. And we are in Portsmouth too, the Life Center, 5913 Churchland Boulevard. And we start services every Sunday, 10 o'clock a.m., Tuesday nights for Bible study, 7.30 p.m. It's the place where new life begins, and we would love to have you. If you don't want to come to me, go to the Grace Center. But I promise you, your life will be changed forever. Need that new life. Amen. All right, it's time for hashtag add this to the list. We have Mr. James R. Taylor III in the building. He is a serial and social entrepreneur, an active investor, and a dedicated, caring business business mentor. He's the founder of Virginia Housing and Community Development Corporation, also known as VHCDC, and he currently serves as its president. Mr. Taylor led efforts to train small business owners how to access capital and credit for their business and is a tireless advocate for micro equity investment in small disadvantaged businesses. Through VHCDC, James Taylor has assisted more than 1,500 clients, helps to launch more than 350 micro business enterprises, and conducted more than 250 seminars, workshops, and business networking events throughout the common wealth of Virginia. Welcome, Mr. Taylor. How are you? Thank you. I was just listening to that. Like, wow, I've been busy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing some great work. Yeah, I've been so busy. 
Yeah, but we want to focus uh, right now on your annual CapCon event, which is coming up this weekend. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, CapCon or Capital Conference uh, is all about personal and business finance. Um, We have taken lessons learned over the years. We've listened to folks that we've been serving and we put together a conference that um, is a series of short, powerful talks that will instruct individuals on how to improve their personal finances and for small business owners, how to grow their business, how to access capital and use the tools that they already have actually to access capital to build their business. If you're not earning a million dollars or more, CapCon is gonna show you how to do that. Um, If you are looking at a situation with a landlord tenant or possible eviction, we've got someone there talking about that. If you're looking at um, trying to purchase a home, we have resources that's going to enable you to purchase a home with no money down. You don't have to be a veteran to get that benefit, but you can purchase with no money down. You can also um, forget about the FICO scores because they don't consider your your credit score. They're looking at simply, can you afford to pay a mortgage? If you can pay rent, you can pay a mortgage. But we've got all of that and more, much, much more at this event. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was going to say from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock at Booker T. Washington High School. Um, The website is capcon.org. And your listeners can, or and viewers, I understand we're on Facebook. Um, So you can actually go to the website, capcon.org, and look at Cap Talks, which will give you a list of all the presentations that are occurring. You don't have to change rooms and go from one workshop to another. The, The presenters are going to come on stage, speak for 12 minutes, give you the facts things that you can do right now to improve your personal finances or business finances. And when you leave that conference, you can actually put all of these uh, recommendations and tools to work. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. We review those details once more. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. this coming Saturday at Booker T. Washington High School in Mm -hmm. Norfolk. Mm -hmm. Tickets are available at capcon.org. Capcon.org. And I have a surprise for you. When you and I spoke a little bit ago, you asked me about uh, high school students being able to attend the conference for free. yes, yes. Uh, We've actually worked that out. We just got confirmation that we can offer uh, free admission to Norfolk, Portsmouth, Suffolk, all of the Hampton Roads High School students. If you bring your student ID, you will get a wristband and you can go into the facility. We particularly want to see seniors that are graduating this year because a lot of the information we have is going to be extremely beneficial to them. And their parents. Free admission for high school seniors. Free admission for high school seniors. Free admission for high school students. Bring your student ID. You can come in free of charge. Uh, Bring your parents. Uh, Your parents will still have to pay now. Okay. But we want to have the conversation with both the children and the parents because we're talking about financial empowerment. Sure. And I've listened to some of the conversation with the pastors earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, We think that one of the most uh, beneficial solutions here is going to be economic empowerment. That's what this conference is all about. Yeah. I'm excited. So mentors, if you're listening, this is a great opportunity for you to bring your mentees out to the CapCon conference. This sounds phenomenal. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. I cannot stress the importance of the event, and I can't stress the information that's being imparted. What year is this for the event? This is the, actually the second year of CapCon, okay. but CapCon is actually a repackaged MBE capital call that we used to do starting back in 2005. So we've been doing this conference every year around Virginia, and we decided, you know, we're not focusing on individuals and families. We're just focusing on businesses. So in, with CapCon, we started last year. The conference is focusing now on the entire family, the individual, the family, and the business, because we recognize we need all of that to build wealth in our community. And that's what this is all about. 
Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, review the uh, the details once more. Sure. I know folks are driving, they're eating their sandwiches, yeah. etc. Let them know how they can get tickets. Capcon.org. C-A-P-C-O-N.org. Go to Capcon.org and you will see the registration link. Uh, again, if you're a high school student, bring your student ID. You'll get admitted free of charge. Capcon.org. C-A-P-C-O-N. Dot org, and it's this Saturday. For this Saturday, time. March twenty third. the uh, The whole event is from ten o'clock to four p.m. Okay, but the talks will go from ten o'clock to two. So you'll have two hours essentially to meet and greet and talk with the presenters that we had on stage because you're not going to be able to ask questions while the presenters are on stage. There's no Q&A. Okay. We want you to go have a conversation with them one-on-one about your situation. We want you to fill out applications. We want you to talk to them. We want you to connect with them. We want you to empower yourselves and your family. So be prepared to get a lot of information. Uh, bring a notepad, bring a cell phone with a, a smartphone with some note-taking capabilities, whatever you need, bring it because there's going to be a lot of information. Overload? Possibly, but for work for <laughs> so sure. be on point. Be on point. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Taylor. My pleasure. I certainly look forward to having you back on the show in the future. I look forward to it, yeah. About everything that VHCDC is doing and, yeah, just ways we can help our community. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you so Appreciate much, James. It. Also coming up is HR RealCon, another uh, unique conference in Hampton Roads. This is the third annual Hampton Roads Real Estate Conference. It's got several different presentations that uh, really you will only find at this particular event, including a presentation on elder law and estate planning with attorney Veronica Williams, a presentation on opportunity zones with attorney Bob Jenkins, a presentation on business banking for real estate by Town Bank Senior Vice President Yvonne Almond, a presentation on the Virginia Beach uh, large-scale real estate contracting opportunities with Councilwoman Sabrina Wooten, presentation on what it means to become an accredited investor with Mr. Gary McCullum, a power panel of women real estate brokers, including Danita Hayes, Tawana Golson, and Shandell Jackson, a presentation on first-time home ownership with Newport News Vice Mayor Tina Vick, uh, as well as a presentation on business credit for real estate with Charles McCutcheon, a presentation on funding opportunities for real estate with Frankie Knox and a presentation on opportunity zones in Norfolk with Mr. Sean Washington. HR RealCon is coming up on Saturday, April the 6th. Tickets are now on sale at hrrealcon2019.eventbrite.com. Uh, the event is happening at the Old Dominion University Strom Entrepreneur Center. You certainly do not want to miss this opportunity for economic empowerment. We are back with our pastors. And if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today. Uh, our special guests are Bishop James Jones and Pastor Siobhan Sellers. We're talking about the business of the Black Church. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thank you so much. I want to kind of change lanes a little bit and get into uh, a focus on economic empowerment. I know that you both have uh, pieces that you're doing both inside and outside the church um, that get at that particular aspect of the community. Can you share uh, some of those things with us and then let's let's talk more? Okay. Um. The Bible says that money answers all things. Well, and I don't believe we can make an impact without money. Me and Bishop were just talking about that outside. And um, so for us to really, God told me when we entered into this year, this would be the year to be intentional and to make an impact. Mm-hmm. 
and you have to have resources That's to right. be able to bring about the change. That's right. And, um, you know, me personally, I didn't want to be just the preacher that knew the Bible and knew how to preach, but outside of preaching, what can I offer? What can I do for my community? And so everything that God has placed on my heart to do to start the foundation, the Prize Foundation, which was funded for me personally, you know, and we were just saying outside, a lot of times when you do real ministry, you, you don't have people to sponsor you or, you know, you fund this stuff out of your, out of your <laughs> yes. pocket. So again, you have yes. to have streams of income from other avenues mm -hmm. to be able to make the change. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was a burden for my, of mine to be able to be a blessing to women all over. And so we launched the Prize Foundation and that's where, you know, we um, tutor and we uh, teach life skills to women who don't know things about life, knowing how to sew, knowing how to cook, and mm -hmm. knowing how to write a resume, mm -hmm. knowing how to dress, you know, for a job interview. Those are the things that we empower women in. And then uh, what I'm working on now is to find a place for those that are in the life of human trafficking, mm -hmm. and they've been rescued from that, and they need somewhere to go. That is a strong burden of mine. So we got to build up some more resources to be able to do that. But um, I'm, I'm on a mission to change lives, and yes, I believe you won't do it if you don't have any funds. Got to yeah. have some money. Agree wholeheartedly. Got to have some money. Yeah. What about you, Bishop Jones? Well, I mean, that's real strong. Um, and as Pastor Sellers was suggesting that we were talking about it outside, um, she mentioned multiple streams of income, and mm -hmm. I'm just a firm believer that um, God's been kind. I've been able to do full-time ministry since I was 19. Wow. Um, but in this last season that God bought me out of, uh, God clearly showed me that I did not need to depend solely on the church right. to take care of my own needs as well as the needs of my community. And so I'm grateful to God because I serve as the Community Service Block Grant Director um, for the hmm. Economic Improvement Council. And basically, it's a community action agency that's based out of Edington, North Carolina. Um, so I travel to Edington uh, every day, and we wow, deal wow. with uh, 50 families who are in poverty. Uh, these families in Eastern North Carolina, they make $12,000 or less a year. And that's what they have to live on. And so our responsibility as Pastor Sellers was uh, suggesting, is to teach them life skills. So we help them with rent, utilities, transportation, and the ultimate goal is after the three years of the program mm -hmm. is that they'll be self-sufficient, that they will actually have a full-time job, a full-time salary, and be able to take care of themselves. And so that's the other side of the contribution for that's me good. to ministry. Um, some of my colleagues look at me having to go back to work as my church failing. Wow. I don't look at it as my church failing. I look at it as God opened another door for mm -hmm. me to reach a totally different demographic of people who would never step foot in my worship space. And that, that's huge. That's real ministry. I've just launched um, motivational speaking business because there are some people that will never come to the church. That's it. They will not come inside the four walls, so why not take it to, to them. them and meet them where they are and get paid for what I love to do? Oh, 
Because if you get paid for what you love to do, you'll never work a day you'll in your life. You'll never work a day in your life. Agreed. Just like you. Wow. You look like you love this. Oh yes. my goodness. This is one of the great joys of my week. <laughs> That's your passion. It is. Absolutely. Wow. Why not this get is paid to do your passion. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. So let me ask this. Um, one of the things that when I started this work early on that I did tons of research on is the number of dollars coming into the black church every week, right? And so you think about those deposits being made into large white banks that will fund gentrification and other displacement efforts in our community, right? So one of the things we attempted to mobilize was um, okay. Oh, as a reminder, phone lines are open. 757-727-5711. Um, yeah, so we we attempted to mobilize a movement to um, have churches open accounts at the only black financial institution in Hampton Roads, the Metropolitan Church Federal Credit Union, right? Small credit union, um, but in operation for nearly 70 years, just opened a brand new building, right? And we saw what the power of that could be for our community because this is an institution that lends to us on a regular basis for, for business. Wow. Unlike, you know, mm-hmm. you know. This is gonna be we don't support our own. <laughs> she said right. it. Yeah, we just don't support our own. Here we have it right here at our fingertips. We have it. Why not use the resource? That that but that's across the board. That's for just our people. Period. That's across the board. And you think about it, Pastor Sellers. Our churches historically established credit unions. Bingo. That we that just, particular institution is a church established credit union. Absolutely. Their field of membership is churches. Wow. Because that's that's what who we were did. supposed to be. And that's who we were supposed to be. But we're supposed yet, to have the hospitals. Absolutely. We're supposed to have the credit unions. We're su- we're supposed to be the, the, the ones that set the model, that send, set the trend. That's it. We're supposed to be the ones. We've got a caller on the line, but when we get back from the caller, I want to know, how do we move in that direction? Who creates that council to say... This is where we need to get to. Call, are you there? Hey, good morning. It's John good. Ames. How are you? Doing awesome. Hey, <laughs> Another familiar yeah, excellent, voice. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> What's your Carl, question, I sir? Dr. Jones, I love you, man. And I appreciate you so much. Um, my question is, I don't believe that the church can do it all alone. Whatever it is, whatever we're calling the church to do, we can't do it all alone. We can't put all the burden on the church. What is the worshiper's responsibility? What is the member's responsibility? What is the responsibility of people who are seeking God and seeking more of God in combination with the church? What's the responsibility on our side to assist with our destination? That's good, sir. Thank you so much. I'm going to repeat the question for the benefit of those that were listening uh, via Facebook Live. The question was, uh, actually the statement was, the church can't do it alone. In other words, the leadership of the church, it felt like, Mm -hmm. um, can't bear the total weight of that burden. 
what do how do worshipers how do members participate what is their responsibility toward this work this movement i believe we all share uh, a burden and a responsibility uh, to the work the struggle john haynes i believe that we wrestle with uh, with this culture and this generation of church is accountability People don't want to be held accountable. The vast majority of us want the freedom to be able to come when we come, go when we go, and leave the church either in the pastor, the bishop, the elders' hands, or the leader's hands. Mm. But the beauty of the historical church Mm. was they did so much more with so much less because everybody felt a responsibility. If the old mother in the church didn't have money, the old mother would find ways to raise money. If it was have a bake sale, Mm. they found ways that everybody took ownership. But we're living in such an age now where we don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. You That's brought good. up initially about what would it take. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to start with just being able to trust. Yeah. I, I've got to be able to trust her. I've got to be able to trust Pastor Siobhan that if I share my idea with her, she's not going to take my idea, make it her idea, and take the ten folk that I have down there with her. Right. I've got to be able to trust. And then she's got to be able to trust me. So integrity. 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 And then accountability. trust and then accountability. I agree. I agree, wow. Bishop. The Bible says that uh, they had all things common. If everyone mm. had the same passion, the same purpose, the same mission, we all want to court, then it's not about you doing it or, you know, you doing it. It's us. That's it. We're all on the same team. And because I'm the I, and you're the arm, and I can't tell the arm we have no need of you because we're right. all members together, right. then we all play our part. Mm-hmm. So it's going back to taking the responsibility to say that I have a part. I got it as the worship That's leader, it. it's my responsibility to set the atmosphere for the presence of God to be able to come in here mm-hmm. and bless the people of God. Mm-hmm. As the usher, it's my responsibility to be at this door to make sure when people walk in, they feel welcome. As the evangelist, it's my responsibility to get out there and win souls. As the pastor, it's my responsibility to preach. Everybody has their responsibility. Everybody has That's their weight. And we all got to be willing to carry our weight and then That's bring it together for the common goal, and that is to push the mission of Jesus Christ. Push the mission of Jesus Everything you said was profound. One thing that stuck out for me, though, you said um, you used the word common. All things common. All things common, right? So one of the things I contend is that we don't really have community. Is that word common is there. Yes. We might have neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have a sense of common mm-hmm. we unity. We don't have that. That's where the enemy uses us. And that's where the enemy uses us. Because we can be very easily divided. We're not unified. I'll take your idea and your folks. and There is power. Because now I have a platform. That's it. Yeah. And you know what God has been dealing with me on um, has been the fact that they're not even my folk. I don't even, I I don't even refer to them anymore as my people. They're God's people. That's Mm. right. And 
the sooner I think more of us mm-hmm. get, get to that place, yes. get back there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, with how you grew up, mm-hmm. you know, in Second Calvary and other places, you saw churches come together. Mm-hmm. Regularly. Regularly. The usher service, the, the usher anniversary, all Everybody the churches would come. They would come together. Who does that? Now we look at community as if it's a mm-hmm. And so the world sees that. The world yeah. says, if y'all ain't together, I don't want no parts of it. I don't want no parts. Y'all come out of obligation, not out of love. That's it. Mm. Y'all are doing this out of routine. It's not genuine. I'm ignoring the producer's hand. Oh. <laughs> what was it? Okay, we got two minutes. Someone asked the question, what's the name of the bank you mentioned? The name of the bank is the Metropolitan Church Federal Credit Union. Metropolitan Church Federal Credit Union. It is there on Tyne Street, downtown Suffolk. Um, We all have accounts there. Black Brand Bank's there. They don't have all the services yet. It doesn't matter. (laughs) They're going to get there. It's ours. It's ours. So I do, with one minute left before we go to break, When we come back, I do want to consider, maybe wrestle with that question a bit more of starting with the folks that we do have the trusting relationships with. How do we build something substantive enough that it can, that it would amount to a credit union? How do we get there? We're finishing up the 26th edition, a focus on the business of the black church. Right before the break, I posed a challenge to our two guests to um, identify two solutions to this issue of disunity as it relates to economic empowerment. Um, So let's hear your thoughts. Okay, I think uh, Blair, uh, for both of us, we were talking during the break. Uh, The first key is us coming together as leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in order for the people uh, to come behind us and back us economically or spiritually, they've got to see leadership from the top. And then the second key is even if the leaders can't come together, um, there are people that are listening today that have resources. And you don't have to wait until the bishop or the prophet or the apostle uh, calls the community together. If we could get some grassroots minds to say, look, a team of us, let's get together, put our resources together in order to impact and influence change. So I think the first key is going to be, it needs to start with the leadership. Start with the leadership. And then number two is we need more grassroots individuals who have resources and networking capabilities to develop small coalitions. If we start small, Mm -hmm. we'll see immediate and we'll see great change. And I said everything Bishop said. But you have more you want to say. Absolutely. I think I'll be just repeating. If we can just come together as one. Yeah. If we can just show a unified front. Yeah. Um, when Jesus prayed to his father, he said, Lord, make them one. Mm. Like me and you are one. Mm-hmm. So that the world will believe that you sent me. The world is not going to believe anything until they see 
that we're unified. So it starts with all of us getting on the same page, the same way Jesus was on the same page with his father. I mean, she just threw the perfect alley-oop, the same way that Jesus was with his father. Mm. Think about it. Jesus changed the world with 12 people. That's it. 12. With 12. And always said, I'm just doing what he told me to do. That's it. My will is to do the will of him that sent me. Yes. And as I'm doing it, now I pass that same mission to the 12 disciples. Now y'all do the same thing. We're all unified. We're all unified. So we might be inhibited by the perception that we need thousands of folks. Absolutely. When really we just need a small group that's on the same page, same mind, same spirit, ready to work. That's it. This is going to be great. We're looking forward to a part two of this. Thank you so much, both of you, you for being uh, here. So. It's been a joy. Yeah, really have. Thank I'm you excited. so much for your vision, your insight. Happy birthday, too. Oh, I really? see that Happy all birthday. month long. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're a little early, but I baby. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. We look forward to talking next week. We will have the internationally renowned Dr. George Frazier on the show next week. We will talk soon. Have a great one. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal.